Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by a special guest, not just a friend of the podcast, but a family member of the podcast, Ashraf Dahoud. What's up, man? How's it going? How we doing? How we doing? Uh, I'm going ahead and filling in the overstudy seat and giving Sam a break. We're going to talk some college yes, sports, baby. Yeah, man. So Ashraf is a contributor for Clutch Sports covering Stanford University. So he's a Pac-12 expert. And today's topic is about the death of the Pac-12. So oh. if you guys aren't following the news, essentially eight of the 12 teams from the Pac-12 have departed to other conferences, and we'll cover where they're going and, and what's next for them. But I want to start off, I'm going to ask you, I'm always curious about this. You are not a Stanford alumnus, so why Stanford? What is it about the university that that uh, has you cheering for them like this? Well, gr- growing up in the Bay Area, or even just in the state of California, we're so spoiled. We have professional sports coming out of every corner and loop uh, for people to cheer for. And I've always had friends and family members who have had like, you know, college affiliations and whatnot. And, uh, it was, it was when I actually, you know, I've always kind of leaned Stanford when it came to like having to pick one, if someone were to ask me anyway, because you know, just the colors and the namesake and whatnot. Uh, but it was, uh, when I went on tour and working with all these people from the Midwest and the South who bleed their college sports teams, whether they are students or not, like I was put on the spot right away. I was like, "Hey, uh, who's your favorite team, or who's your uh, associate? Who do you affiliate with?" And I mean, hey, back in the day, it was always Stanford. So, you know, I, I stuck to my guns and you know picked the guy, picked the guys in Cardinal. Uh, in addition to all that, though, um, their hospital has helped a few family members of ours, and I'll always be grateful for that. So, as good a reason as as you can come up with, aside from from going to the school. I mean. The Midwest is is a hotbed. The South for college sports. The West Coast, yeah, but I think the professional sports are, are dominate the landscape. I think that's going to contribute to our conversation today. So, I mean, me personally, you see me, I've got my Arizona hat. I did not go to Arizona, unlike you, uh, but my dad did, and I was born uh, in Tucson while my dad was at the school. So, I was kind of in my bloodlines a little bit, right? Uh, but aside from that, I think I lean more – Berkeley in the Burke Cal Stanford air uh, rivalry. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> I lived in Berkeley for a year, you know, so I didn't go to school there, but I just, I lived there while working. Uh, but in general, I'm just a PAC 12 guy, man. I generally root for the, the teams, uh, you know, if they're in the college football playoff or in the uh, March madness, even if it's a quote unquote rival, even ASU, I'll still root for them just, just because I like the back conference. Back the pack. Back yeah, the pack. That's it. Exactly. A rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing. So the Pac-12 is is one of the historic conferences in college football, or was, I should say. I guess it's still kind of around. So, I mean, do you, what do you know about the history of it and it, you know, the, the member schools when it got started, things like that? Anything that you, that you want to share about the history? Uh, well, m- many people who – uh, are are new to it obviously you only know it as the pac 12 but obviously there was the pac 10 and the pac 8 and we had all of our initiating schools who you know kind of compiled this and became the 
uh, one super conference that we are potentially no longer going to be anymore, but who knows what will be. Uh, but again, uh, most schools back then weren't considered blue bloods or power five. And, uh, you know, now we have our, our group conferences that eventually grew in and uh, joined the uh, the Pacific uh, over here. And uh, it's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just, I can't stop thinking about how beat down the conference is. It's, I just, just hearing the name Pac-12 doesn't... Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can call it Pac-12 anymore. It's the Pac. The Pac. Yeah, it's um, just yeah, the, the sorry. Pac. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry, off track. Yeah, obviously, initiation schools, uh, beginning of the conference, early 1900s, uh, Pac-8, you know, Pac-4, Pac-6, whatever it was. Um, you know, obviously, as more schools gained interest, then college football and college sports gained more ground. And they saw the success coming out of certain institutions the conference grew and, you know, the affiliation got bigger and money was coming in. Obviously it's not the the same anymore, or it's even more of that now, but to a different extent, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The conference started more than a hundred years ago as the Pacific coast conference. And then, like you said, it was the pack four, then the pack eight, and then became the pack 10 in like the late seventies. And that's what it was most known for until the last mm-hmm. few years. Uh, and it was called the Conference of Champions. Do you want to tell That's us right. why? Why was it called the Conference, Conference of Champions? Well, I mean, hey, for starters, man, Stanford University is the leading institution slash university slash whatever you want to call it in NCAA champions, championships, in collegiate sports, men's, women's, you name it. Stanford leads the entire nation. Um, a lot of people forget this, but in the last Olympics, if Stanford University was competing as a country, they would have taken third with just the medals and honors their student athletes or alumnus received during the Olympics. Stanford, Stanford is the golden standard. Again, a lot of people don't see that because they only look at football, basketball, that's it. Uh, but th- I mean, hey, man, we've made three Omaha trips the last few years for men's baseball. Our, our women's basketball team won a national championship a few years ago. Uh, the men were dom- – men's uh, football was dominant in the 2010s. And uh, obviously everything else is like if it's not Stanford, then it's no one else. Golf, uh, row, mm-hmm. uh, again, uh, lacrosse, frisbee, you name it. It's always Stanford. USC, honorable mention, not too far behind. <laughs> USC is also – Right sure. up there in triple, triple digits when it comes to NCAA uh, collegiate cha- championships. But again. UCLA too, right? They've won at least 100? Yeah, I think UCLA right. uh, broke the broke the uh, the triple digit mark not too long ago. It, it was usually just Stanford and uh, USC kind of up there. And, and I don't know. Say what you want. My opinion, USC – the USC is always going to be the Southern California school with the Trojan mascot, not the Gamecocks mm-hmm. over in South Carolina. That is SC yeah. or the Cox or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> That's South Carolina. USC will always be the Trojans. 
Yeah, that's that's not even a conversation. But yeah, I mean, Stanford is elite at a ton of other sports. Uh, I think women's soccer as well. They're, they've got a couple uh, athletes on the, the U.S. women's national team. So it's not just football and not just basketball. So I, I guess the question is, for the public, I mean, most people really only care about football and basketball, mostly football. When was the last time the Pac-12 was really relevant in the world of college football? And that, that for me, anytime someone wants to say that is beyond, it's beyond me. Because last year, just last year, they were relevant. You know, they found their coach you know, uh, from Oklahoma. They got their guy. I'm not even gonna say his name because I don't want I I can't polish USC too much, man. I gotta I gotta find a happy medium. Um, but you know they brought their guy over from uh, from Oklahoma. He went in and changed the program completely. He brought in these wide receivers. He brought in these running backs. He brought his guy over himself and Caleb Williams. They they set the world on fire. Give them another year or two like this. They're gonna be in that playoff picture, man. They weren't too far out this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be right that's, that's true. They were. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, the same thing with UCLA. But I mean, if we want to talk about, you know, like a, 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 a outside of the last, you know, year or two, definitely, like I said, in the 2010s, you had the, uh, the Stanford team right there, Washington, Oregon, you know, the days of Marcus Mariota, uh, the days of, uh, it was like Kevin Hogan was throwing the ball to Dalton Schultz and, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, and Simi Fajoko, who are all NFL players these days. Austin Hooper, uh, Conrad, Conrad Ucaprina, who I wish wish kept on playing uh, football, but the man kicked a 60-yarder to send Notre Dame home in 2015 or 16. Uh, there, again, there were some real ballers back then. Washington, Oregon, Stanford, USC, UCLA, everyone. Everyone had fight in them. Even like little guys like Oregon State and uh, Arizona State. Uh, Arizona, um, God bless them there. Uh, I think they're finally on the butt end of that transition. So I think they're finally making their way back over there. Uh, but and Utah, my God, Utah uh, has been slept on forever. Like they've always been a performing football school. Um, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they may not have made like, you know, national championships, but I'm pretty sure they've had somewhere between, uh, four to six, uh, top 25, uh, final finishes in the uh, Associated Press end of season poll. Like, they're up there, man. Yeah, they're, and I think... They're solid. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the, the the college football playoff, I think, has kind of dimmed some of the the shine from the Pac-12 because they really make it just about those four teams. It's not about the Rose Bowl like it used to be or some of these other lesser bowls. They don't get as much shine right. at all. And, I mean, when it comes to the CFP, the last title appearance was 2015, when uh, I think they uh, was at Oregon lost to Auburn and then yeah. UW made it in 2016, but they lost to Alabama in the first round. So they've been in the mix in the college football playoff, but mm-hmm. aside from those two years, they've really been, like you said, they're, they're there, they're relevant, but they're not dominating the headlines the way that like the SEC or the ACC with Clemson are. So I think right. maybe that's part of it, but in terms of the final four, I mean, they were just there a couple of years ago. UCLA made it in 21. So they're still relevant when it comes to basketball, at least, or not even just relevant, but you know, mm-hmm. one of the better teams when it comes to basketball. But do people only care about football? Is that the problem? 
Uh, I think it, it is one of the biggest issues. But before we even jump into that, I want to just rewind a little bit. Um, Oregon, God bless them, was so, so good back then. But let's be honest, they were not winning that shit, that game against Ohio State in the national championship, man. That Urban Meyer, Ezekiel Elliott, Joey Bosa team was not going anywhere. Those guys were running through people left and right. And Oregon, for some reason, but maybe this goes back and it kind of connects our little bridge here. Oregon was favored to win that game by seven. You know, Mariota, Eric Armstead, uh, DeForest Buckner, that, that team, you know, that team had some wheels to them. They were favored to win by seven. And maybe people saw that because, again, Pac-12 team ran through the entire north and south parts of the conference, which are no longer uh, viable anymore. There's no more north and south. Um, but, again, ran through everybody in their path, but then, you know, ran into a brick wall Ohio State team and got sat down real quick. Uh, and in football, yeah, I think a lot of it just has to do with uh, favoritism within the sport. And a lot of people do primarily focus on just football. Because, uh, like I said, like, how I mean, let's be honest. You and I can go on Twitter now and we can find, like, a – a threat about, you know, national championships and what schools have produced, what sort of productivity. Obviously, the answer is Stanford. But you're going to find a bunch of trolls saying those aren't real sports. Those aren't this. Those don't count. Like, okay, buddy. Like, these people can, you know, run circles around us, whether they're swinging a golf club, throwing a discus, throwing a shot put, whatever it might be. But because football is, you know, it's the associated vibe, the energy, the party, the sport, it's what the entire school goes to do and have fun with because it's televised on a Saturday where you don't have any class. You can go do whatever you want or you're cutting class and not studying, whatever it may be. <laughs> it's, it's been like the national like pastime. And, and it's, I know it's odd to say because baseball, Major League Baseball is America's pastime, right? But college football is the current pastime for the youth or at least for the the everyday everyday American students. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're really digging into. And of course, having you know ESPN there every Saturday, especially if they pick your school, buddy, you're not staying in to sleep. You're going to go out there and you're gonna you're gonna start you know partying like it's you know what it was ever say 1999. Uh, even going back to last year when uh, Tennessee made the uh, the playoffs, uh, their their coach, Big Orange, Josh Heupel was telling students to get out there and start drinking at 8, 9 a.m. He wanted them to be ready to rock. He wanted them to fight and be ready to <laughs> rush the field when they won. They, they did. They did. You know, they Especially after beating Alabama. Uh, but, yeah, football is, I guess, you know, my excited reaction there kind of speaks for itself. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I, you know, love all of my Stanford sports and uh, will watch multiple sports. Um, even when it you know comes to going to Omaha again and not winning a single game, but you know, love my trees, you know. <laughs> football, yeah, football's become the focus. It's always been the focus for college sports, and, uh, and until there's another outlet or an, another big boom that causes this, then that's it. It's football, man. Yeah, and that's, I mean, football is is king. They they drive the, the majority of the revenue for the schools for the athletic programs. They're, of course, the drivers behind the media rights deals that these conferences are getting, which I think is, is a good segue to uh, you know the next conversation is, is how did we get here? How did the media rights deals and all that lead to this point? And I guess the question is, like, I, from what I've read, there was a chance to align with the Big 12 a few years ago. 
but that fell yep. through. And then there was a, a massive TV contract that the Pac-12 signed that ended up being a, a negative because they were they signed too long of a contract. But yeah, so how did we get here and how did the TV rights drive us to this point? So the first time they got that Big 12 offer, obviously they wanted uh, the Big 12, the Big 12 to stand on their own legs. They're very aware of that. But they wanted to add some shine. They wanted to add some polish to their title, you know, change the sign, get rid of the neon lights and make it modern, you know, bring in the LA schools or whoever it might've been back then that they were planning to bring on down. Uh, in addition to that, the Pac-12 didn't need that because we stood, we stood tall, we stood proud, and we were still strong brass. We had to all, you know, six to eight football teams making top 25s every week, whether it was in the coaches' poll or the AP poll, we were finishing strong. But you know, like like you mentioned, after a failed TV, uh, a failed TV deal that took too long, and uh, failing to reconstruct another viable deal to you know succeed that, uh, it just became about you know money hungry and. Uh, of course, obviously, uh, you know, there wasn't enough, like, uh, attention. Because, you know, what does everyone always complain about, too? It's the the lack of attention or the lack of notoriety the Pac-12 gets, right? And mm-hmm. that's because it's, oh, uh, it's similar to the NBA, right? All these guys are uh, in bed by the time the Golden State Warriors are still playing basketball, right? People can't vote Draymond Green for Defensive Player of the Year or Defensive All-First Team because they were in bed because uh, Giannis finished playing two hours mm-hmm. ago. Just real quick, so, not to cut you off, but I mean, as a, I lived on the East coast for a long time. And one of my favorite things was staying up late on a Saturday night. And it would be, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning. And I'm, you know, just kicking off the third quarter of Cal Stanford or, you know, Arizona, <laughs> Washington yeah, state, man. you know, yeah. and it's even better if they're playing in Hawaii or something, then I'm up till two, three o'clock in the yeah. morning watching these games so i i get it it's a very different fan experience but but please continue the the special shout out and prayers to those in uh maui right now uh, speaking of hawaii by the way uh really hope uh if we if we have anyone listening here who knows anyone over there you know uh you know speedy recovery and uh, many blessings to you and yours uh stanford's actually stanford's actually scheduled to play Hawaii at Hawaii as our, I believe our season opener uh, this year too. So uh, if, I mean, if that affects us in any way, obviously, you know, I know the university would have no problem bringing the school over to Palo Alto, no problem. Um, but uh, to get back to where we were. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. Like, obviously we love that, right? We love staying up late and watching our games, but then you see like things that are almost embarrassing that they call it pack 12 after dark. And it's like, buddy, it's eight o'clock. What do you mean after dark? But the rest of the nation is sleeping because no one wants to watch this game. They're trying to make it – they're trying to make uh, add some relevancy to it, but no one wants to watch it. And then on top of that – and this this is the real, I think. A lot of people will agree or disagree with me. I think it's because – and again, this goes back to my point. We as Californians are spoiled, right? We have sports coming out of everywhere. Uh, you know, NIL. NIL gets passed. Everyone, hey, it's time to get paid, right? Where's the money for college athletes in the Midwest, in the South, in the East, in the SEC, in the Big 12, in the Big 10, and the ACC? The Pac-12 has not been able to provide enough of a financial showcase or financial deals to make any of this happen. And of course, you as a, as a very big football or soccer fan, um, the, the money for all, the money for all thing really kind of, I think, dragged everyone down 
uh, kind of sunk their nails into like the distaste of wanting to get out of this. I mean, uh, La Liga, right? La Liga has the same thing. You're referring uh, to the revenue share. Yes, the revenue. Thank you. The revenue share is just another reason why. Like, and I so it's nil for us revenue share for like specific like the Pac-12. But these are just other reasons why the the, like, the other reasons why crumbling or why or why water started to spout sprout through the cracks. Uh, there wasn't enough money, you know, coming out of the Pac-12. No, not enough people paying attention to West Coast sports or West Coast college sports at the at the very least. Uh, and then revenue sharing, like. Real Madrid and Barcelona make a bajillion dollars a, a season, but then have to give it a fair amount to Elche and Hetafe and who no one goes to uh, uh, Rio Vallecano. No one, no one's gonna play. No one's watching those guys, man. Like, like imagine if the same thing happened in England, and uh, Chelsea had to give half their share to Luton Town, who just got here for the first time. It's, 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 it's bonkers. It's bonkers. <laughs> like. And for me, I'm a realist. Stanford these days isn't putting up a crowd. If it's not Cal Stanford, Cal USC, or you know Stanford Notre Dame, uh, sorry, I said Cal USC. I meant uh, Stanford Cal, Stanford USC, Stanford Notre Dame. Um, we're not putting up crowds, but you know, you go to the Coliseum down here in LA, they're still filling up the bowl. They're still doing it. Oregon still fills up their crowds. Washington people take a boat to their games to, to get into their stadium. It's, I, I honestly think it's uh, a lot of it has to do with that too. There's just uh, the, 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 the institutions or teams or universities aren't getting the, the fair share that they believe that they deserve student athletes. And those who support student athletes aren't getting enough exposure deals, finances, or, uh, what, however, supplemental opportunities they could be getting out elsewhere outside of California, and of course, our clown, um, you know, head of conferences or whoever's the financial or marketing guys up there, uh, not being able to secure a succeeding deal after the one that just broke. I mean, you can't not find something or put something even better in its place after you've already, sh- you know, shat the bed for how many years now? So. I mean, what do you think has contributed to? Oh yeah, that's that's not happening. Uh, I mean, what do you think has been like the driving force behind some of the the decrease in in attention on the Pac-12? Because we lived through a golden era, right? We had the the early two thousands USC teams, and then the uh, Marcus Mariota teams in Oregon, Andrew Luck, even the Justin Herbert teams in in Oregon, not quite as as dominant as those, but we lived through that golden era. So what, what do you think has contributed to the decrease in attention? Cause it used to be the most popular league, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. the most popular conference. Oh yeah. oh yeah, of course. Um, well, again, I think, uh, going back to it, I don't know if the risk sound like a broken record, but NIL has to do with it. Uh, Stanford, uh, is one of those schools that is to this day still fighting against the belief of, or value of giving students like a, a again a surplus of an uh, nil deal, um, and a, a lot of these people again they they want recognition, uh, especially if the end goal is to make the NFL and get to the draft and uh, find scouts who are going to see you. They want to get seen earlier in the day. They want they want they're they're tired of uh, being told that their their teams or their squads can't fight against real football teams like. 
Yeah, man, because uh, you know, playing Vanderbilt is going to really change the the way that we all play college football here on the West Coast. So, you know, no disrespect to Vanderbilt fans, but um, again, a lot of it has to do with that. It's it's attention, it's, it's notoriety, it's NIL, it's all money. It's honestly all money. Now that money is a factor, that's really what it is. You didn't see the Pac-12 teams trying to uh, jump ship at such a quick pace when money wasn't a factor because the conference was able to stand on its own. But now that the conference has shown a lack of confidence and trust within the teams that they're supposed to be the caring umbrella for, I mean, hey, I don't blame them half the time. I would probably jump ship too. So, I mean, we were living through a golden age of the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it is, in the in the 2000s with the USC teams, Oregon teams, uh, yeah. you know. So what do you think has, has driven the decrease in attention to the, the conference as a whole in the past few years? Well, obviously money, definitely money. Uh, if we're going to go ahead and just uh, put, you know, one thing on the board right away. I think level of competition also has to uh, another uh, driving factor in that as well. Uh, there's a reason why, and again, a lot of people hate this, but there's a reason why we see Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama in the Final Four every year. They're the most dominant programs out there. They're getting some of the best recruits out there. They're where all the eyes are. And where are all four of those teams? In the Midwest and the South. Literally two and two. Well, the states next to each other as well. And if you're if you can't get the same attention that these same four teams are getting in their conferences, no one's looking over west. No one's paying attention. And then if you're not getting you know the financial uh, you know uh, support or opportunity that this, these same guys are getting, that's where it goes down. That's where everyone else starts to suffer. You know, people start losing confidence in their conference. Uh, you know, obviously, staff starts to go away. Players are. Uh, just encouraged to start signing with, uh, you know, Pac-12 uh, institutions or, you know, or commit rather to those institutions and teams and go elsewhere. There's a lot of people who would yeah. rather uh, go play, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of someone, like a good example. There's a lot of people who would rather go play for Nebraska, which mm-hmm. sells out their stadium every single Saturday and is noticed and gets uh, – seen every week because they play in the conference that they do. And again, no disrespect to Nebraska. I think their fans are the salt of the earth. And I love talking to them because they're so diehard about their sports teams and there's no professional sports in Nebraska. So those people are all about their Cornhuskers. Um, but, you, you know, like, uh, there are a lot of p- uh, players and student athletes who would rather go commit and play, in, uh, play for Nebraska and, and play in that conference because they're going to get seen rather than go commit and play for Utah, for example, uh, or UCLA, just because it's on the West Coast, even though they might have slightly better records uh, than like a a Nebraska or a Vanderbilt or whoever it might be. uh, That's that's where the traffic's moving. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's it's I think it's a reflection of the new reality in college sports, I think in on the West Coast, there's a lot of alternatives. There's a lot of professional sports, a lot of things that you can do instead of going to a uh, Stanford or, or Cal game. Uh, you, you know, even UCLA, I mean, USC is the, the, the flagship team or uh, university, but I think I mean, even UCLA suffers from this as well. 
I mean, I, I think this is a product of it's just the end of amateurism in sports, in college sports. I mean, am I crazy that it's just like there's NIL? I mean, which is all good with me. I don't have any issues with it. So, I mean, is that a, a crazy assumption <laughs> that this is because of it's the end of amateur sports, basically, as we know? Uh, I think that I think that's territorial. I think it depends on where you are, where you're watching and supporting from. Um, again, I mean, hey, I'm, I might as well complete the trinity here. Say in California, it, it's not going to bother us much more than it will yesterday or tomorrow for most of our people here. Uh, so other places out like you know Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, Virginia, where their teams are, you know, the bread and butter of their Saturdays and Sundays or whatever you know day that their their college teams play. Uh, all sports, not just football. That's what that they they're gonna be the ones that continue driving the ship and are riding the ship rather uh, in the direction uh, I think of re- revival rather than uh, death. You know of amateur sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. I guess again, I think it's it all just goes back to being territorial. Depends on where you are, uh, what your fan bases are like, and um, you know, like I said when we first uh, hopped on this call. Uh, you know, I went to my, my touring job where its home base was in Montana, and I saw 60 people there all wearing college sweaters. And I said, oh, my God, I need to order a Stanford sweater now because <laughs> I was called out left and right. Who do you associate with? Who do you affiliate with? Buddy, I had to go ahead and, yeah, and then... <laughs> rock my, my rock my trees hard, man. <laughs> Yeah, and then speaking of association, I mean, we're – I think some of the rivalries are going to stick together. Mm-hmm. We're going to see, you know, UCLA and USC are together, Arizona, ASU. Mm-hmm. But I think some of the kind of cross, cross-state cross rivalries that we used to see are, are going to go away. You know, uh, Stanford, USC, even Cal USC used to be a big game. So, I mean, what what's next for the four teams that are left behind? So just to remind everybody – uh, UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington are at the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Arizona, ASU, Utah, and Colorado are with the Big 12. And that leaves Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State in the Pac-4, I guess we'll call guess, it now. Yeah. So, you know, what do these teams do? Do they reach out to Boise State, to UC Davis, to – I don't know. I'm just right. throwing out no, names so I, uh, of schools out here on the West Coast. So I, what do they do? I've discussed this with a, a few people already. There's some great accounts, by the way, on uh, on Twitter. Uh, the message board geniuses is awesome. Uh, uh, Fight on Rusty is a USC account, and uh, a lot of my other like you know West Coast sports guys out there. Uh, great people out there, you know. Um, well, we, we we've had these conversations, and we we've talked about it too, and that first option by adding a San Diego State, uh, one, one or both of the Nevadas, uh, Boise State, Hawaii, uh, scooping up a lot of these group of five schools, which again, on paper, looks like a good idea, but it would be taking away from those conferences themselves, and they would you know, be stuck with whatever they would have to scrape up for. Uh, and in addition to that, and again, it hurts to even say, but BYU, BYU is independent right now, but they're a school that attracts a lot of attention, and it could be a school to go ahead and could further contribute to our conference. Um, in addition mm-hmm. to that, like I said, hey, Stanford has the financial yeah. stability to go independent on their own if they wanted to as well. It's definitely an option, you know, and 
Uh, you know, uh, I've, there's uh, yeah, other great accounts like Stanford Rivals, Channel Tree Sports, uh, who have, uh, who can speak on this and uh, really, really kind of tell you what's going on. Uh, even the Stanford Tree uh, got such a great follow on Twitter, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, even, even talks about like, you know, like realigning the conference or going independent. And we have our options at this point. But I feel like we need to do something soon because we can't just sit here with these other three and uh, rely on our commissioners to make something happen because obviously they are a big reason as to why we are where we currently mm-hmm. are sitting. Yeah. I mean, and maybe there's the possibility of joining the Mountain West temporarily. I mean, it's it works out geographically. They already have 12 schools, so adding another four is not crazy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe it's it's a potential option. But the, the point that you brought about Stanford going independent – um, I think I was Bill Simmons. I think he mentioned it. And I think it would be I, an ideal situation for them because maybe they're in that Notre Dame position where they can negotiate their own TV deals. I think they might have that, that same pull, at least on the West Coast, where they can do that. But I think it, it would just be kind of sad that if they, after all this, mm-hmm. this historic run in the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever, and they all of a sudden go independent. And it's just, I, I wonder what that would do to the program and, the pride and kind of, you know, the brass that we've collected in the past, um, you know, of our program of our, and of our pristine name there. Uh, on top of that, I think it would also like, like we've built such a amazing, uh, you know, uh, new class that's just committed and uh, Troy Taylor and his crew have done a great job of like, you know, already putting us in the right direction of rebuilding. And I think that would be such a bummer in my opinion i obviously again i'd love to prove wrong because whatever benefits my boys is going to be the best but i i think that would hurt if we were grouped into the mountain west with a group those group of five guys and uh you know we start winning all these games but we can't make the uh associated press top 25 to save our lives because we're oh they're beating group of five schools i mean yeah you know there's a, a big part of me would be like yeah baby Bowl game, here we come. But, <laughs> but it obviously, like, that's, you know, we want to aim for bigger. We want to aim for better. We have one more year with these other 11 guys before things start to go ahead and uh, burn down. Uh, I also, side note, I, I love Coach Prime. I think he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He's great, great energy. Loved him as a player. Like him as a coach. Uh, I don't think they're going to win these, like, eight games that everyone says they're going to go out there and win, man. They were we they, yeah they it's were, they won they won like three games last I year think they were either tied with us or they were worse than us last year man so I don't think so I don't think they're winning eight games this year seven eight games that everyone says they're gonna go win um, but as for these right as for these rivalry games you mentioned uh, obviously a lot of the in-state ones are will continue like the Oregon versus Oregon State Washington Washington State et cetera et cetera um, a Cal Stanford one might continue regardless of conference because the financial benefit of something like that between the two. Uh, and of course, again, it's always kind of been like a big brother, little brother thing. Um, but, uh, and, and of, of course, you know, like, you know, these guys aren't going to miss an opportunity to make a solid dollar here. So uh, maybe they, maybe, they, yeah, maybe they sacrifice a different game. Yeah, or, for sure. For sure. Or I don't know, maybe they use Cal as their cupcake game or something. <laughs> the season opener. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the current Good. state of Cal football, so I'm I'm not even offended. So big picture, <laughs> we we talked about the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is is ending, as you mentioned. This is the last year of it as we know it, with all these changes happening. I mean, in, in general, what do you think is next for for college sports? Is it some you know these regional super conferences? Is it just one or two huge conferences with these bigger schools in the next five years, how do you see things playing out? um, Well, I think the way it already is now with some of these conferences getting bigger, because what big 10 and big 12 are no longer 10 and 12. Right. Uh, I think we already need to start looking. I think we, and I, this is such a, like a broken topic, but we already, I think we need to start looking at realignment within the playoff system again. Uh, I, mean, I like bowl games. Don't get me wrong. I like it when my team can win six, seven games and go out there and win the Foster Farms Bowl or, or whatever it may be. <laughs> I like that. You know, you put puts another piece of silverware inside of our uh, china cabinet. Um, but you know, when it comes to those other teams, like there, there's got to be a better way to start going about it now because you're gonna have four to five powerhouses in some of these conferences and having one of them miss out on the playoffs. They're gonna win nine. They're gonna win nine to twelve games and potentially miss the playoffs just because someone else went undefeated, only lost one or two games. No, man, we gotta, we really gotta look into some of that stuff uh, and start, uh, you know, rearranging the cards here. But I, I think the future of college sports is, it, I think it's still on a solid enough tra- trajectory. It's uh, it's where the, when the greed kicks in is where we got to start watching out for ourselves, because uh, with a lot, a lot of these people, a lot of these people are, uh, again, yeah. you know, we're gonna need college athletes, collegiate athletes, student athletes, you know, for many, many years to come if we're gonna go ahead and keep building these professional sports teams and Olympians, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you got to keep them happy, and if you want to make, and if you want to make money off of them, NCAA, like you usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to keep the fans happy, for sure. And I think that the greed is is what's driving all this, and it's all the 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 billions with a B that are, are you know driving these uh, changes and these realignments, all these TV deals and streaming rights and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what what comes in the next few years with the TV rights and everything else. But you know, I'm rooting for at least some of these rivalries to stay together. Obviously, if it'd be great if the Pac-10 or Pac-8 or whatever ex- existed in some form, but at least we have you know the past right. hundred years of of history and, and memories uh, to lean on. So, thanks for your time today, Ashraf. Man, where where can we follow you? Where can we find your uh, expert opinion on Stanford and and the Pac-12 as uh, currently constructed? Yeah, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at Clutch Stanford. Uh, you know, if you and if you want to, if you want to talk to me about finding other pages that can cover other conferences and other teams, I know a lot of great people that can do that. In addition to Khalid over here, of course. Um, let's talk. Let's chat. Let's watch some football, baseball, basketball, soccer, football, and gymnastics. You name it. As of now, as of now, and at the start of this season, going into the next year, we are still the conference of champions. Absolutely. There you go. Well, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, Make sure to follow us, leave us a review uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on all the major social media platforms at 4040 Vision Pod. We're doing some cool stuff 
on TikTok and YouTube, especially. So make sure to subscribe and follow us there. And, you know, we're going to be following this story. We're going to be following the college sports trajectory for the next few years. So strap in and let's go on this journey together. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.